You're listening to Dead Air Podcast, part of SplatterPictures.net. What's up, everybody? Wes, Dead Air Nipe here with Always. Typical Lydia. Today's show, we're going to be doing the 2018 classic. Future classic. Future classic. The Strangers Pray at Night. Yeah. I love this movie. You know that. Yeah, I do know. I do know. I love it more than anything. If I had a child, I would I would love the, the Blu-ray more than I love my child. Would you? Yeah. I can believe that. Yeah. If if it was one of those scenarios where you have like those parent dreams where it's like there was this black vortex of nothingness in front of me and an eerie voice said that I had to choose one or either of my children and then I just threw myself in there. I would throw the kid in. Save my Blu-ray copy of The Stranger's Pray at Night because it's done more for me than a child ever could. Uh, that's that's believable. Yes, I can see that. Considering you don't have a child to well, do anything, but imagine if you, I so. imagine if I did like perhaps the like competition is thin right now. Imagine uh, if you did. I can barely. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> because I would throw it into that vortex the second it like opened one of my packaged GI Joes. I always tell people um, I, I try not to I, I try not to just dismissively say I hate children. It's not that I hate children. It's more that I don't get them, and also I'm too selfish to be a parent. Like I don't want to give up anything. And I, mine even goes a little further that I wish more people were a little more selfish or a little more intelligent to have not had so many children. And there's a lot of problems with people who maybe should have made better decisions. Yeah, it's just like when when parents say that they lose you lose stuff but you gain so much more. I'm like that that's crazy talk. You are talking like someone who can't get rid of this thing because you can't. It's yours. And like what are you going to do? Like you can put it up for adoption, but it seems like 6 is a little old for that. Yeah. And 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 so, you know, and I've just seen I've seen children just ruin the coolest people I've ever met in my entire life. They're just a parent. No, I've seen coolest people ruin fucking children too. Yeah. Right. Well, just, there's that too. Yeah. And they're ruining future adults. Great. This person's going to be my boss someday. Yeah. And right now they're throwing tantrums every 10 seconds and they're on more medication than 10 of the seniors citizens I know. Yeah. I've never looked at somebody's DVD or Blu-ray collection and thought you've made a bad decision. This person shouldn't be the owner of these. Of somebody, these films. somebody recently told me that they really felt that my my Blu-ray collection was overwhelming because they said I feel as though there's more movies on your shelf than I've ever seen in my entire life, and I was like, it's one bookshelf. That's not yeah no that's like, crazy and <clears throat> maybe they're just not a movie watcher but I can, I've seen people say that about books I've seen people like a girl told me the story of. When I was dating my husband, he walked into my bedroom for the first time and saw, you know, like over your bed when you were a kid, you might have had a shelf. And right. she had like those, Nancy yeah. Drew's and a couple other paperbacks on that. Yeah. And he was like, whoa, you read all those? And he was just mind blown. And she's like, you haven't even seen the bookshelf yet, dude, because yeah. that's my like display shelf of a couple books. And what I'm reading right now 
it's like turn around and you'll see the bookshelf which is like he he'd read three books in his life yeah because it's like so that type of person let's say theoretically you bought one book a month for 10 years like and that's not that's un, that's nothing yeah like it's just like once a month i buy a book and i read it throughout the month and that's what i do that to me seems like a like a regular but pretty casual reader 120 books you can fit that conveniently on a shelf exactly but to this guy you may as well be opening up like the warehouse at the end of indiana jones and he's just like the wonders it's the fucking library of atlantis but uh, uh, do they not watch movies incidentally do they not see movies on television that's what that's what was expressed to me yeah it was expressed to me that they just don't they don't really watch a lot of movies and i was like i could see that um i just i just said i was like there's i was like this is just the horror by the way yeah I, i was like i am not as laser beam focused there it's it's mostly horror now but there is like like I haven't even gotten to all the fucking old sci-fi movies I have. Or imagine the movies that you wish you owned or if I the had editions money. of things. Yeah, if you had more money and more space. If space was not an issue Oh at yeah. All. Oh, yeah. I would definitely be that guy that, you know, I see them on Instagram, they're like, Here's my like six full fucking bookcases of movies. I would love to have that many movies. There is no point there's there's never been a time where I haven't seen uh like a, a horror movie where I like I haven't gone into a place that sells movies where I couldn't at least buy one thing mm-hmm. and and that's every single time I go into them like turning point uh, there's no way I'm buying one movie when I go to turning point I fucking buy like 10 movies yeah, there's minimum five maximum yeah as much as you can carry and then you know what Sean does is I fucking get to the counter and then he's like oh hey there's some stuff back here I love it <laughs> and and so he like he 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 always takes me through the stuff and and of course like I come to this counter with like five movies let's say and then oh shit what's he got back there like fucking three really uh, like cheesy 80 slashers obviously I'm gonna buy them obviously yeah even if I haven't heard of them I'm like well it's from the 80s and it's it's from the golden era of slashers buying it I'll figure it out later if I like it <laughs> no right and so the day that you buy another bookshelf to fill up oh yeah another Billy bookcase. And I need one because it's gotten to the point where, like, the Blu-rays are becoming double stacked. Yeah. There's, like, it's double, it's, they're sitting on top of each other, and now there's a third row that's almost filled at the bottom. So it's just, like, I need another one. But you also love your movies. You're a collector, but you also love them. Like, the way that you love Strangers Prey at Night. Like, I couldn't picture you having a kid, but I could picture you having a bassinet by your bed with the Strangers Prey at Night tucked in and <laughs> snugged down. Exactly. It's cuddled up with, like, a, a, a kitchen knife or something like that. Perhaps, uh... Uh, a, a bagman mask or something like that, just all cuddled up in there. That's what they I use as the blanket. I have that mask, by the way. I was a pretty big fan of the first Strangers. Like you are, there yeah. were some very small problems with that. That you know, I, we talked about. Yeah, if you want to go back and listen to our Strangers episode, yeah, which plays in to why I saw this in the theaters. Oh, completely, and. I I did really enjoy that because home invasion, that sort of secluded area they're in, that sort of quiet nighttime idol that they're experiencing that movie uh, really speaks to me. I really enjoy that sort of setting and it is terrifying in and of itself coupled with home invasion. So I really Mm. enjoyed 
the first strangers very much. So I was I was looking forward to this because I thought it would just get better. Mm. So because I'm a fan of part twos of things, you where are, a yeah. lot of people think sequels tank immediately upon part twos of things. Yeah, there's but, people that would agree with you on if, when it comes to this film, like myself. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but there are things I really like about this movie. I think that's what I am so. Um, get so agitated about is that there are a lot of things in this movie that I really, really like. And it's a really, really strong movie. It's a fantastic movie. And in a lot of scenes, it's a very, it's a, it's a classic in the making. There are at least three scenes, if not more that are completely ruined in my mind, completely ruined. And it's that potential that I'm seeing there that is so aggravating. Just out of reach. Oh, my. Not only out of reach, it was within reach and then torn away from me. Oh. And I don't think it's just me. Like, I am being very, like, this is a, a subjective thing. This is me uh, witnessing this movie and my grievances about it. But I think that whether it's other people who would agree where when I'm going to go forward and point out the things that just make me shake my fucking head. There's other people that can't articulate and they'll just be like, nah, dog shit. And they don't think about it critically or don't try and appreciate the things that are there to be appreciated. And in this movie, there are a lot of things to be appreciated. I'm glad you feel that way because let me tell you something and I'll tell all the podcast listeners out there, your podcasting hero, Wes Knight, got into a screaming argument with somebody over this movie one time where I yelled at them until they walked away from me and then I walked after them and kept yelling at them. Which is almost terrifying because you're a big dude. <laughs> and you got um, a booming voice. I do got a booming voice and he sent me a text message later. And by later, I mean two minutes later. Uh, what the fuck is wrong with you? It's not like you made it. Uh and I immediately apologized. I was like, you are very right. I don't know what's wrong with me. Uh, because I shouldn't care so much. You were having a day with the monthlies, perhaps? Uh, I was, ha- maybe I was having a, I was having a moment. Uh, and I think that I, I, it was a combination of frustrations. This dude and me like get into arguments about movies all the time, uh, where I consider myself pretty chill because I'm all about everyone's allowed to like what they like. And I try not to bash things that I hate. Uh, it slips through the crack. I've definitely bashed things on this show before. Um, but when it came to me and the strangers pray at night, it started off as utter indifference. It started off as I wasn't even going to go see it. Wow. I'm kind of surprised because this is a man who's wearing a stranger's shirt right now. I am. Who was a fan of the, the first movie, even more so than me. And I'm, I count myself as a fan of the first film. Mm-hmm. I consider the first stranger's film one of the best home invasion horror films ever made, particularly uh, of the, the time. Uh, you know, going back to it was 2008 or 2007 when the first stranger's film came out and it was just wonderful i love the tension i love the mm-hmm. use of music i yep. love the the look of the yep. infiltrators i yep. love the soundlessness i like mm-hmm. the lighting mm-hmm. uh, yeah there's lots to like it's about that it's, song. it's wonderful the pacing and, is is on point like really and the first time i saw a trailer for the strangers uh, pray at night it was january and i remember this very vividly because i saw a trailer for it on the big screen and i was uh, on a date at the time and I was seeing the fourth Insidious movie or whatever the fuck and I haven't even seen 
like two or three. Mm-hmm. So I was like, good thing that movie's a prequel, but I didn't know what the fuck was going on. And the the trailer match that happened at the beginning of it, one of them was this film. And I remember uh, looking at the trailer and I was like, well, that's interesting. They It, it was all set to the tone of, uh, I think we're alone now. Um, and it kind of went into like this weird sort of like dark downturn towards the end of the trailer. And it was very neon. It seemed so visually different. It seemed very 80s, not to mention the fact that they were using a popular 80s song to market the whole fucking thing. And I remember my date at the time, she leaned over and she was like, that looks stupid. And <laughs> and, and I was like, yeah, maybe, I don't know. Like it, it just seemed totally so different, but I didn't really care. I was like, eh, whatever, I'll skip it. Uh, because, it, like, or at least I'll get to it later. It didn't seem very immediate. Then you and I did the strangers and then two weeks after we released the episode uh the movie came out in theaters and i was super because yes i like the strangers but sometimes when i don't watch a movie for a while you forget how much you like it like every time i watch pieces oh no wait i know exactly how much i like pieces so so to the point that you have like a novelty puzzle somewhere around here it's over there yes of the pieces so just in case you know, you find my body, you got something to put together later. Yeah. Um, <laughs> when, yeah, so I was all, we, we we did the movie for the show and then I was like super pumped on it. You were riding that stranger's wave. I was riding that stranger's wave. So I was like, fuck yeah. And so I'll never forget it. It was a fucking Friday morning at 9.30 in the morning. Or, Best time to go to the theater. Yeah. And, and I took in the show, I was literally the only person in the theater Nice. And I was sitting there back center, feet up on the railing like a freaking god, and watching this movie. And I can't, I can't express to anyone enough about how fucking much fun it was watching this movie. I went in there with almost no expectations, except for the fact that I love the strangest film. But like, as I'm always like, that was this one, this is this one. So don't go crazy um and i fucking loved it and they kept doing things in the film that are i almost it was almost as if the people who made it kept looking at the camera and being like wes here here comes out of context pop songs wes like and it's all these things that i just absolutely fucking love now let me say this um do i think that this script is fucking perfect no but that's not a movie doesn't have to be perfect to me to be in one of my top 10 horror films of all time. I'm fucking putting that stamp on them, sticking by that. And I was always suspect of people who said shit like that, who like people who put like movies that came out in like the last 12 months. Like this is like my number one fucking horror movie. I was like, you just saw it. It's yeah. like, it's like, you know, someone Let just it grow on you a little bit. Yeah. It's like someone just gave you a hand job and you say, you're going to fucking marry them. Get out of here. Like grow up a little bit, <laughs> live a little bit more. Yeah. Um, and, but no, but here we are, here we are. And, and this was like me obsessed. Like I was fucking obsessed with this movie. I kept trying to, I wanted to go see it again in theaters but you know timing and you know i work nights is hard so i was just like when's the fucking blu-ray coming out when's the fucking blu-ray coming out i can't fucking wait like i need to fucking see this movie immediately i was constantly checking it i went to the store at fucking like when it opened to buy my copy of the strangers pray at night i was fucking like i bought the first strangers movie so i could like 
just keep rewatching. You should have upgraded one. your tickets for a digital download at the theater. I, sh- really, I, sh- yeah. I should have done that. I only think about that like a few days after when I'm like, God damn it. I, yeah. I wonder how long of a rollover that has. But and yeah, you talked it up big time. I, I talked it up big too. time. And I, I've watched this movie six or seven times since the theater experience. Yeah. And, and this was like, I brought this home and I put it right in the freaking player and I was like I gotta watch this right now and I loved it and I would show it to anyone who fucking breathed and of course to my dismay the reception of this film is not great There's yeah but people... you're an expert on this film now so maybe you can explain to me a couple fucking things Wes. there is I'm an expert on this film in as so much as I'm an articulate fellow I love this film uh you've seen it I've seen a it handful of times. I've seen it a handful of times I will defend things that I feel need defending and I will agree obviously with things that like if you if you point out things are like this sucks us I'm like oh no no I get it the only time the only reason I got mad at my friend was because the things that he was getting mad at were baffling to me and I was like oh you just don't like horror movies that's what that is yeah um but anyways I like horror movies you love so horror movies we are. It's on. I will never yell at you not for this first of all I'm too sleepy second of all uh, you're very nice to me. You're one of my best friends ever. And you're very intelligent. I think if you have problems with this film, they are probably right and good and totally just. It just doesn't hit me the same way as it hits you. No. Very true. Very true. And and I, I do know that at least you've mellowed out with your um, violent defense of this film. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you know that it, it's yours, and you you can watch it anytime and appreciate it. And if someone else doesn't, you've gotten it out, so to speak. Yeah, and I'm not like a horror fan that's like no. that revels in the counterculture like that. Like I really want people to like things. I don't like things more because people hate them. No. But as I always articulate, was the fact that like 2018 was a great year for horror, and I still maintain this was the best one for me personally. I really liked portions of the script. And when, because even, guys, even though Wes really loves this movie and will defend it with his last dying breath to a certain extent, it is the hill he will die on. Yeah. Um, he can still poke fun of it. Uh, oh, yeah. Because of the family straight out of central casting and stuff like that that is <laughs> irksome to me throughout the first half of the film. Yeah. It's not lost on you. No. Like when you say you get it, you do. You yeah. really do. Yeah. There are some deep problems with this yes. film. And I got some I got some classic West rewrites actually even too where I would just like the, there's two portions of this film that I would rewrite. Yeah. If 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 they gave in a perfect world if they gave me reigns cuz yes this is a top 10 but it is it's like 10. So like if they wanted it to hit number 1 there's two big rewrites that would need to happen in the film. There's only one thing that I would really want to change and we'll get into that. Uh, as far as the writing and the script, or, mm. and because like, everything is is fine, really, honestly, it's already yeah. been done. But yeah. there's a, technical problems mm. that destroy this film. But mm. anyhow, um, yeah, I we watched on Netflix, and I'm really glad that it hit. Uh, or was it Shutter? It, it's on Netflix yeah. right now. So it was maybe... on Netflix. Um, only because, and I was waiting for it too, mostly because of your excitement, and I knew we were going to do it for the show. So yeah. I watched it and was 
disappointed and i'm not going to say that you talked it up because i saw the trailer too and i liked the trailer and that mailbox with a happy face on it i was stoked because i thought they were gonna go like trailer park whatever i'm fine with the setting um but i thought it was going to be a little more secluded and a little Mm. more in line with maybe Mm. it was just the house down the road from the next one Mm. and i that's what i really really wanted Mm. i also what i really really wanted um, from this movie and this isn't really part of what my disappointment is but I think that they, they lost a really good chance to do this and who knows maybe there'll be another Strangers movie I don't know what Brian Bertino's up to he's up to all yeah. kinds of stuff Yeah. Um, but I'd like to see another Strangers film because mm. in the first one they answered the question of why are you doing this and they asked that a couple times in this film too mm. but the why are you doing this in the first film was answered quite eloquently mm. and mysteriously mm. and i liked it mm. and it's a classic line mm. they put it on the fucking box they put it on the fucking box and people say it and people that stuck with people that chilled people yeah. it worked it was mm. powerful the answer to that same question and it's a shame that they posed the same question at the end yeah was weak 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 it, it was, was weak. fucking weak Mm. Um, the better question there was better questions to ask and the mm. much better question is who are you I want to know more about these fucking people and not yeah. in a goddamn backstory unfurling I don't want a bunch of you don't of need Rob Zombie to redo down. this to... no no <laughs> thank you very fucking much um, but I wanted some hints I wanted to even if it was baffling and fucking uh, mostly meaningless or vague or contradictory uh, I don't want another fucking names. I don't want to see their driver's license. I just wanted a little more context for these people. Um, we should treat you to the the Blu-ray extras. There was a viral marketing campaign that starts POV shots of each one of the strangers before they get together for this movie, and it shows their dwellings. Oh, where they, nice. Where they live. Shame it's not part of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I would really enjoy that. Or a little bit of their maneuvering. If you're not going to tell us who they are, tell us a little who they are by the way that they maneuver. Because we, you know, that is part of the fun of this film, yeah, where they maneuver around this trailer park. Um, and the same, the, it was even better done in the first film where they maneuver around the house and you never know where they're going to pop up. Um, but their maneuverings and how they can sort of second guess everybody is fascinating to me. We're not even, we don't even know, we identify with them as like Baghead and Pinup and Dollface. Mm-hmm. Uh, we sort of vaguely think of them as mom, dad, and daughter. Mm. Are they? We had that conversation in the first one. We did, yeah. But I didn't want proof of all that. Just a little more uh, insight into why they're mm-hmm. operating the way they are via via who they are. Because the first quest, the first movie answered why. We didn't mm-hmm. need another answer to that. True. As with any sequel, it's always an opportunity to expand the lore a little bit. And you're right. The question that was that we wanted to know in the first film was answered adequately. It is it's anarchy. It's chaos. There is there is no meaning to anything that they're doing. So the question doesn't need to be asked again. You would think that, yes, there would be who are you or whatever, or perhaps no question, like no direct verbalized question towards one of the uh strangers what what have you because even the things that they do reveal about the strangers like for example having 
them speak more lines of dialogue showing Dollface's actual face. It's there's no there's nothing to it other than it kind of reminds me of this episode of the Justice League cartoon where Lex Luthor. Sorry, this is a tangent. Where Lex Luthor changes bodies with the Flash and he goes into the bathroom and he's like, "Time to find out who you really are." And he unmasks himself and he just looks at himself in the mirror and he just says, "I have no idea who this is." <laughs> and so it's that, right? You unmask Dollface and you're like, aha, a skinny blonde lady. Just as I <laughs> suspected. Pull off her her uh, skinny blonde lady face and uh, it's like old man Tucker from the carnival. Oh, I thought it was going to be a cyborg. Oh, cyborg. I was thinking more Scooby-Doo because there's a lot of splitting up in this movie. So it really kind of reminds me more of Scooby-Doo than anything. Like, hey guys, let's go check out that groovy, spooky trailer park. One of the things that I'll also say in critique of this film, in my opinion, um, the first Strangers movie, what I loved about the 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 couple, mm-hmm. was uh, Scott Speedman and Liv Tyler herself, was was the shorthand between them, how it trusted its audience to tell a story and not tell a story at the same time through. Uh, dialogueless flashbacks, um, uh, set uh, uh, art direction to the house and stuff like that. It told you a story about what this conflict between this couple was without having to, here's our kitchen scene with a long exposition, yada, yada, yada. The, the shorthand in this is also present. There is shorthand between the mom and dad. There's shorthand between the brother and sister. And there is a conflict there. We know that um, the mom and dad are shipping off Kinsey to a boarding school be, for for wearing a Ramones T-shirt. Basically, because so, I don't believe one thing about like sure she might have cut a class or two, but I don't believe that she's out of control. There was something. There was some incident, but without flashback, and w- w- it's sort of tossed in there. I feel like it's just less effective. No, we just don't buy it. Yeah, and and that's how come I joke about the family just being its mom, its dad, its baseball son, and bratty sister. That's really what you need to know about that. Um, everyone does like exactly what they're supposed to. So in my mind, uh, this is about uh, uh, the, the typical, atypical nuclear American family versus... The, the 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 real kids of America, uh, the 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 bastardized, twisted, nocturnal version of the nuclear family—a family of killers versus a, a family of bad smokers. I think that's really all we can get from it. And 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 so if that's the the premise of the film, I'm on board. I'm totally present. It's simple, but it doesn't need to be complicated. Uh. The only thing that I remember being super confused by for a split second was this trailer park. Because I was like, what is this place? <laughs> is that more of an American thing? We were discussing this while we are watching the film. Mm-hmm. And I've seen loads of trailer parks. I've known yeah. people that have lived next to trailer parks. I've gone to people who lived at trailer parks. I've visited summer-only trailer parks. There's often um, American friends or relatives up to go to their trailer that happens to be here in Canada that is at a summer-only trailer park. I've known people that have run trailer parks. Like, I know people have done gardening in trailer parks so that before the people show up, they have nice garden stuff and everything's raked and ready. Like, so I've, I've 
on the fringe had a lot of experience and know exactly what trailer parks are and have all my life, basically, I guess. Mm. And I mean, is it more of an American thing, though? Because I don't know. It seems a weird spot to vacation because I was I was thinking about it. So I have a friend that has a trailer. I think he owns it, but I'm not entirely sure. But he always every summer he goes up to the trailer park and he's he's like, oh, going up to the trailer. It's basically when I say I'm going up to the cottage, it's the same thing. Although if memory serves me, there is waterfront there, but you're also sharing a lot of property. And I think people just sort of rent willy nilly. It seems to be a place that he and his uh, family only go to during the summer. And that's what this one seems to be. And there's probably a waterfront nearby. But they got that tacky pool. That's what makes me think that... There isn't any waterfront. But, but it's a then, something lake. But you're isn't right. It lake? And, and they have to cross a fucking bridge over a river to get there. So it seems to be, and it is remote to a certain degree. And I've seen trailer parks. I've seen some nice trailer parks that are lakefront and they are, you, you haul in and haul out seasonally. Mm. You don't leave your things there over the winter but mm-hmm. I, a friend of mine just pulled her trailer out from a place that is waterfront and more like camping mm-hmm. but it is year-round you can leave your trailer there year-round for ice fishing and stuff but then there's also trailer parks like sunnyvale or the one my sister lived beside a, a trailer park that was like houses they're like houses year-round mm. houses or like sunnyvale <laughs> i just keep thinking trailer park boys because i've been watching a lot of that too much of that <laughs> Or not enough. Some, I don't know. Someone's got to do it. I, I, we've, I've watched Trailer Park Boys somehow all of my life since it started, it seems. So that is a trailer park that we can all relate to. I don't know if it's more of an American vacation spot because Canadians tend to mostly go camping or somewhere else, another destination, because we live in that sort of wilderness, a lot of us, year-round anyway. So mm. we don't need to go anywhere. I mean, there's a goddamn raccoon in my backyard right now. <laughs> At least the dirt path leading up to your place is not all squishy mud anymore. I don't have to, like, worry about falling on my ass. No, it's not that much of a water park, although there were two ducks in the back when the flooding was hitting. Yeah. Yeah, go figure. (laughs) So, what is this movie even about anyway? Even though we've been talking about it for so long that we've pretty much covered the what is this movie even about anyway. What is this movie even about anyway? It is about the clash of two families? This movie is what happens... When you let your daughter wear a flannel shirt around her waist, knees hanging out her jeans, and a Ramones t-shirt. In the parent's guide on Internet Movie Database for this film, they do note that it hangs off of one side of her shoulder. What the fuck is the parent's guide? (laughs) Oh man, you've never read the parent's guide for a film? They count the F words in this. I think there's 14 of them. Really? Yeah, it's great. They talk about every single gore scene. So if you want to know if a movie's gory enough for you, if it's got all the good stuff, as your dad used to say, yeah. you go through the parent's guide and you're like, oh yeah, okay. Good lord. Is it like that website does the dog die? Yeah, basically. Good lord. Trigger, Internet movie database. Scroll down people. and take a look at the parent's guide. Parent guide. Jeez. Yeah, the parent's guide. It's great. It's hilarious. Does it? T- how many times does Kinsey flip off somebody in response to her? They say once. In the parents' guide, Wrong-o. For this? it is wrong. I know. Wrong. It's at that. least twice, maybe even three times. Maybe even three times, and I think it's three times. Yeah. 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 It's lovely. Parents' guide. It will guide you. 
to where what is the gorier films it's great especially for something very extreme to read it's fantastic when they're very offended you can tell when the writer is offended do you do you think that the 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 tastemakers will say the um, guardians of good taste do you think that they're ironically super well versed in the most exploitative goriest shit imaginable because for everything to be rated for every parental guide that there needs to be someone had to fucking watch like gore gore girls yeah. and and be like hmm chocolate milk from the nipples so like so like the, the most sanctimonious scold that you could think of the the the, the fucking merry worth of like rating systems would sit there and like no and could probably like do a horror trivia of just like this is how many floppy titties are in this movie. That's apparently when they have that big room in the Vatican that is full of all sorts of banned and horrible material and oh censored God. things. And there is a, a library of the most heinous shit on the whole planet at in Vatican City, why, apparently. Why do you think they can handle it, but other people can't? Well, what about Border Patrol? Like we, I get a list emailed to me quarterly, I think. That lists all of the things that are banned, DVDs and books and yeah. music here in Canada. And the list, is, it's mostly it is stuff that is deplorable, sure. Mm-hmm. But somebody has to watch this. Even writing down the titles is a, is a lesson in lechery. Yeah. yeah. So, 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 yeah, Kinsey flipping people off left, right, and center. She is a no good Nick. They're going to ship her ass off to boarding school. Which I just do not buy. Just like I do not buy these people even know each other. Uh, the, the family <laughs> out of central casting. Yeah. There is that shorthand that you talked about in the script that makes us, you know, there are believable moments between them, but it's also very spoon fed. Where mm. in the first film it was a lot more believable. I just feel there's a lot more trust in the first script in yeah. the audience and there's less trust in this script. Yeah. And I think it shows. Uh, you could um, say that this kid is at the baseball diamond. They don't have to have all sorts of baseball references and dress him up like baseball kid for the whole thing. And, yeah. like, and Do and, they call him slugger anytime during They don't. This? But, but like also it, it, it seems so much like overthinking and also underthinking like how at the end the like obviously Kinsey has a baseball bat because the kid in the in the passenger seat likes baseball cuz he's got a baseball glove you don't need that just there's a baseball bat in the back of the truck like sometimes i think about when i'm walking around outside and i see like a stick or a club or a pole and i'm thinking i was like you know i'm a martial artist like i could use that as a weapon to defend myself if somebody attacked me but if this was a movie someone would watch this scene and be like well why was there a fucking pole right there that's a little convenient i'm like yeah sometimes things are convenient it doesn't need to be so i would if i was writing a script i would overthink a scene like that and be like someone's going to complain that there's a pole there or a baseball bat there and I need to explain why there is. So I'm going to fucking go back 14 pages and and make a, a comment or about it. Or one scene and have the kid throw up a baseball. So it's quite obvious this kid just came from baseball. Yeah. That's all you need. You don't need to inject it through the whole movie to have this like baseball theme. Is yeah. this a baseball theme movie? But I think it, it also goes back into just like that all-American like family where it's just like like baseball it's american as apple pie and i guess so movies. if you care about that God shit bless and... america 
My West. <laughs> I'm saluting. There's like even... a red and a white stripe forming over your face, and one of your eyes just turned into a star. Oh my God, a star for this film. No, but I think like I I, I think if if you were to to posit this film as Americana and the traditional nuclear family and everything is good, just say no, all that shit. That ties into all the fucking music they're listening to. I hate the music in this fucking movie. It's absolutely deplorable. It ruins it ruins the movie. But let's go back to Kinsey, because or Kinsey, Kinsey, yeah. like the electric Kool-Aid acid test is. I guess what she's named after because her mom's so cool because she has a wrist tattoo. We know this. We know this. We know and this. her mom is 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 last generation punk. She's got fucking buttons on her work shirt and everything. Yeah, totally. She like we were discussing this whole like. Uh, firstborn, secondborn thing, and that's what it seems to have happened with this family is that these parents got together out of high school, as you posit, and had children very young. I figure that they uh, grew up real, real fast and raised their first kid by the book, and that's why he plays baseball and is blonde. Mm -hmm. And they kind of got loosey-goosey with the second one because they Mm -hmm. had this big sigh of relief that, okay, the first kid turned out normal and perfect. And now yeah. they have this goddamn ruffian, which I do not buy. And it would have been so much more interesting if they would have had something like the mom say, and this is where I would rewrite. The only thing I would rewrite if the mom would say, you know what, you're going to this boarding school because my mother did and I didn't. And look how I turned out. Right. And just projecting on the, the children like that. They would have been a lot more meaty or if she had done something actually fucking bad. Again, they never there. They they keep referencing there was a thing that she did with her friends. There was there is an inciting incident, more so than just cutting class. But they seem to never directly mention there's one thing. There's one thing. She got knocked up. Maybe, but yeah. like because Kinsey mentions the fact that the other girls that got in trouble for whatever this thing was didn't get this level of punishment. Yeah. And so I was just like, okay, so there's something, I don't know what they could have done, like fucking, I don't know, like a, I don't know. Burned a church down. Burned a church down? I would have loved it if they would have burned a church down. That would be cool. Um, it would have really helped because things like this plaid shirt, this Ramones shirt, the ripped jeans that you can buy in that fashion these days, don't sell it. They do not fucking sell it. And it is lazy to be like, well, of course this like quasi-punk hot topic kid is the bad one. Like, it's just lazy, 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 lazy. Baseball kid probably is most likely to be a serial killer. Quite. I think that like looking at the parents, like the dad is is gray and beige. He's pretty good shape. Like, he, you know, the mom's got the wrist tattoo and the buttons on her shirt. I feel as though the son turned out more like the dad, who was probably like an athletic uh, uh, guy and who an athletic guy who in high school fell for like the, the, the chick in the smoking section. Yeah. And and then Kinsey is turning out more like the mom and that scares the mom because for some reason their their nice house in a nice suburb with a nice car and a beautiful family somehow is like, oh, my life turned out so badly. Like, I need to, like, I would feel, I would get that if she was, like, destitute and strung out and whatever. But she's got money to take her kid to boarding school. So, again, not to, like, harp on this one thing. I just think that it's on the cusp of being very good, but it's just less effective than the first film, which you can't help compare it to because it's a sequel to the first film. Yeah. Featuring um, this other same family that we're about to meet. Yes, exactly. But that doesn't matter because they're driving, they're driving, and they're going to 
this trailer park. Yeah, Gatlin Lake Trailer Park uh, to visit their aunt and uncle, whose names I don't remember right uh, now. Marvin is the uncle that yeah. they keep uh, referencing. But, uh, aunt Cheryl and Uncle Marv. Yeah. Who are killed in the opening scene of the film. Mm-hmm. This film opening with uh like and i knew i knew one of the things you hate you would definitely hate about this film is the music i know how sensitive you are about music um you have very sensitive ears uh and i don't mean that in a shitty way you just do and like you're the you plug your ears when like you heard sitcom theme songs yeah and shit like that so i knew that this would would irk you i love it obviously because i'm a big old horror for that type of music i love it um, there's only a couple of songs in here, obviously, like, but there's like also songs in here that I literally have on my phone. So it's like, oh, that's so horrible. I'm, I can't help it. I'm, I just, you needed a plus one so you could go see Cher. <laughs> that's what that was about. Okay. I know. I know you like this music. I do. I love it. I love this music. <laughs> so when the, what I will say about the music in defense of it. Uh, for people who don't like this pop music and the fact that the first film didn't have anything like this it had music but not oh yeah and but, it had but, a but fantastic not. use of music actually yeah so the the difference is much like in the first film this is music that is being blasted by the characters one of the things that i find fascinating about this film's use of music is the fact that they're forcing people to listen to it so i would even argue that part of their weird shit that they're into about the cat and mouse game and the torture is there it's it's not like the end of logan's run where you can like pick your favorite song and pick your favorite image and you can die peacefully to that they're like nah i'm gonna make you listen to cambodia like a lot and i'm gonna stab you and i'm gonna make you look at my freaking ice pick and i'm gonna look at you and i'm gonna turn this up and isn't this awful? And and then, like, once the killing's done, it's over. And he's like, this is all part of it. And the same thing with the fact that the truck is this. And it's all from this era in which everything's fine. Everything's okay. It's super synthetic. It's super cheesy. It's super manufactured. It is everything that you're supposed to want from the decade in which it was created. But this is used as a front to that because look at the ugly things that really is going on in They America. could have made better choices. The <laughs> the songs that they chose have... And it's not like that, yeah, it's no context. It's ironic or whatever. No, it doesn't work. It does not work. And it's way too loud. It's way too loud. I disagree. It is both, glaringly both loud. Counts. Yeah, they, the, it's not the too loud. The songs don't work. They're terrible choices. They're, they're Are these the largest work. cars they could afford? Is that is what this the is? The largest cars they yeah. could afford? Yeah. They I wanted mean, the, they better were, music they were and huge couldn't get it. The, 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 like... Both Air Supply and Bonnie Tyler and Tiffany, those were huge. Uh, Terribly overplayed. And I think that that, but is, that doesn't like that doesn't mean that they're that like, is part of the irksome portion of this is that they're distressingly overplayed to the point that it is OK. It plays into your torture idea because it is torturous to hear these horrible songs. I mean, also they're, torturous to you specifically. And a lot of people who. Uh, people of my age, perhaps, that were subject to this horrible radio music. It's yeah. not good choices. It has no context. It's way too loud. And they're just overplayed songs, and they play way too long of them. The only one that really does fit is the uh, all in the neck scene. That's kind of cool, because he does turn it up, and it is. It, but it's short-lived, and it's not glaringly loud, and it doesn't ruin a scene entirely. Oh, it's used so very much. well. I like that scene a lot, I too. would die to that scene. Ew. 
I don't know about that. I would die to that soon. Okay. Yeah. The choice is yours. Oh, it is. My Logan's run. I'm going to be in a cozy little pod. I can play, play the me the kill scene from <laughs> Strangers 2. No, that that is a good use of it. But I, I think that they're trying too hard with this to fit into a particular ilk of film that has become very popular in a similar genre of horror film that it's working for all of those 80s nostalgia people and they're choosing particular songs and choosing them quite well um in this song in this movie where they have a really powerful score a really useful score they could have actually written some bespoke music for this film like prom night yeah no seriously and done a lot better job than choosing these particular songs that that don't fit they just don't fit but at the same time like like songs that I, I like i don't think that like they're really going for well they definitely are going for irony but like i definitely feel like out of context songs totally work in tons of horror films then it shouldn't have been even further out of context but like this is no more or less out of context than like goodbye horses from silence of the lambs or mr sandman from halloween 2 those were chosen beautifully but like what what like how why are those more appropriate than these like i don't see the difference oh no not at all unfortunately the scenes where these new songs are played very very loudly and for way too long are wonderful fucking scenes yeah yeah the the pool scene which had potential a lot of potential to be a very very intense scene and they had to almost turn up the sound effects to drown out this horrible music that's playing in the background that's really ruining it it Mm. could have been a really intense scene i love that song it's a horrible song and it ruins the scene entirely yeah absolutely does the explosion is even ruined her whole reaction to what she's doing at the end oh okay okay. uh is absolutely ruined oh man i love that air supply song Oh, it's a horrible song. I listen to it every day. Oh, that's sad. Why is that sad? It makes me so happy. It makes me happy. Mm. It makes me so happy. Like this movie. Oh, God. What horrible music. It absolutely ruins it. It absolutely ruins it. In your opinion. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that um, for me, when the film moves over to oh the we'll get to that sorry i'm all over the place now are we in the story the flaming truck is ruined absolutely ruined by the music no yeah that had oh my god that is if you turn the volume down it's up there with christine Christine, to me as far as flaming cars it does look very it's maybe even better Mm. like visually a lot more menacing and after what you've gone through with Kinsey at that point, mm. it is a lot more menacing than Christine even. And I love Christine. We, we know that. If we go back to our Stephen King of Palooza of yore, <laughs> uh, yeah, that does have potential, but it's absolutely ruined with the, with the soundtrack. The score is so good, though. And the score is very good. I do love the title. The title score is really nice. I like when the pool scene, when the score overtakes that horrible music. Uh, it's If they would have scored that, I like that you can't so even say music. You're like, no, got to say horrible in front of it. It really is horrible. It's not, though. Yeah, it is. It's not. Unfortunately. It's not. Unfortunately for you, it's not. It's not just me. It is just you. Oh, well, how many other people love this music? 
uh, the people who made it super popular, the people that still listen to this song to this day. I was like, you want to go to YouTube right now and read all the comments? Like, still 2019? I only put your cougars in a dive bar. Yeah, but, like, at the same time, like, those are people that still like this song. I was like, just because you have a personal distaste for it. I I think that there are more people that dislike this music and this sorts of music and these particular songs than there are people that like them. No, I totally disagree with you. You also come from the world of radio where they crank this stuff down people's throats in a torturous manner. No wonder you like this movie. That's right. The fucking me and the Scott system are coming after you. I'm very anti-radio. Yeah, not me. That's my bread and butter. Yuck. (laughs) Water for dipping. I guess like for me, like listening to these uh, songs are just like super catchy and I love how they, in my opinion, amplify the scenes. I don't think the songs are too loud in any way, shape, or form um, uh, at all. Uh, so, like, 100% disagree with you on all those points. 100%. The one place where the music was used really, really effectively is after they get to the trailer park and they've been bumming around and mm. they get their little trailer because there was a note left by Uncle Marv mm. and they have a knock at the door. They do. Which is fun. There's, uh, I counted like four knocks at the doors, not including the last you, one. There's maybe five. I noticed you checking off the knocks. Yeah, just cause. Yeah, uh, that plays right into why Brian Bertino wrote the first one and into this one because they talk about being based on true stories, which they're not really, mm-hmm. and we cover that in the the other mm-hmm. episode. Also, vaguely inspired by Funny Games mm-hmm. uh, from '97. And it's that whole, the knock at the door that is mm. terrifying. And it's used to good effect uh, at the very end of the film, of course. I really like the knocking at the door because we know what's coming. Yeah. Yeah. We have an idea of who's coming. Somehow. Yeah. <laughs> is Some, Tamara home? Is Tamara home, yeah. Um, the, a, a line that other, like the second most quoted line mm. from the first film is said here I remember uh, seeing this with a buddy of mine and he looked up he's like that's what they say in the first film right I'm like it is what they say good good um but uh this time uh they don't pull the taffy as much on this initial knock scene as they do they don't really need to not only is there a higher body count in this film and they need to move things along a little bit more also we've kind of that definitely would be really retreading a lot of old territory, mm-hmm. which is, you know, par, almost par for the course for some slasher films. But like in this case, they try to they they pull the taffy less, but they still try to insert um, story in between the knocks because there's the first thing where Dollface will, you know, talk, ask for Tamara, and then walk away creepily over the field. And then uh, we'll go back to Kinsey and her brother having a moment together. I do like these two together more than the mom and dad. Um, I think that their chemistry works better. There's a scene later on in a trailer uh, where they're talking about their mother who's already died. I buy that conversation a lot. Um, more so than the mom and dad. The mom and dad look like they met they met each other like <laughs> that day. Yeah. <laughs> but um, But while all this is going on, you're already keeping your eyes peeled for hints of the strangers, the smiley faces, the trucks waiting in the the background, blurred bodies and uh, like just waiting. Because I think one of the interesting things about this trailer park to me personally was they seem to have a lot more time here so they could really do, they, they're hurting them constantly, right? They're leaving doors open to like make people investigate things. They They're almost laying traps um it's hard to get uh 
it's hard to really get a, an idea of the area so much. Yeah, especially when later on when Kinsey's spending a lot of time trying to escape the park. Yeah. And they're driving around looking for her at the same time. Yeah. We we get an idea of how big it is. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of open spaces, which yeah. it, it's a great beginning of summer pick, really. Yeah. So kudos to you for that one because it does instill... It, it hints at enough hillbilly horror for me to make me mm. want to watch more. I, I love those scenes where they're rolling into the, the trailer park for the first time and there's all that fog because I'm like an old school mm-hmm. horror fan. So the fog and the picnic tables, like it that like that scene. There's a swing set and oh, you, yeah. all beyond it you can see is nothing to a, yeah. a very distant bush line or a yeah. fence or something like it's all very open and all very vast but also makes you wonder like how long could you run around this place trying to escape people and not get the fuck out of it like how big is this fucking place yeah and there's no one there and it's really driven home by the silence even when they're driving up to retrieve the keys to when they go to their cottage when they watch tamra or not tamra dollface (laughs) or whatever because she's Mm. just sweater kid right now she's walking away yeah and she just walks and walks and walks and walks and just walks like just walks into the bush and you're just like what the it's it's a really big vast place which Mm -hmm. gives that summer camp feel because summer camps can feel like that when you're running from cabin to cabin it seems like you're walking for 20 fucking minutes oh yeah and that's what this place feels like at night too which Mm. is really nice um not that the other one didn't take place at night but that's when strangers pray trailer parks at night are creepy all we need is wind chimes and i'd have been under a blanket shivering (laughs) sort of sort of but then the booming fucking 80s music would just just ruin it all for you just suck you right out of it yeah (laughs) um but yeah so the kids are having this moment out on their own because smoking i guess smoking and baseball metaphors that will come in handy later i guess so yeah (laughs) and they go and sort of walk in. There's another hillbilly horror trope. They just walk into someone's fucking trailer. It yeah. is their aunts and uncles, but I don't think they even really know that. They're sort of like, is this the one? We don't know. Uh. Yeah. They yeah. have been there for a long time, and trailer parks all look the same at night. Walk in, find booze, you know, going to steal booze. You know, the son is totally into drinking, too, but he's not wearing a Ramones t-shirt, so how is his parents supposed to know that he's a no-good Nick, too? This is why he's going to become the serial killer. Exactly, because it's like, oh, you don't know I'm a shit disturber. No Ramones t-shirt. Let that be a lesson to you, kids. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so they are in this trailer hearing noises, and they go to this investigate this noise, and it's a dog oh, yeah. comes running out. Gotta Never be. see the dog again. No, but, uh, wild. Do you think that? Dog. Do you think that dog probably started eating those bodies? Probably, and it could be why the jaw is so down because we encountered these two yeah. bodies. I guess it's aunt and uncle. Yeah. Uh, they're sort of bound up under a sheet on their bed. This scene is funny to me only because listen, guys, you walk into a room, uh, a dog bursts out of it. There's a rank smell. There's flies everywhere. Someone has written, hello, 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 in what looks like lipstick or blood on the window. And and then the most prominent thing in the center of the fucking room is your goddamn aunt and uncle covered in a blood-soaked sheet. And you're like, what the fuck is that? I was like, Kinsey, sweetie. I know you're like... We know what it is. We know what it is. I was like, I was like, how many more context clues do you need, guys? I, there, there's no reality. I would have opened that door, taken a whiff, looked at the sound of the room, and been like, there's bodies in here. Let us go. Yeah. I don't need to look at anything else. And run as fast as you can back to your cell phone. Yeah. Yeah. Which, by the way, mom and dad made them all like leave in the trailer. Because kids are on their phones too much these days, Liz. Yeah, they wanted to play cards. Exactly. <laughs> 
The dad just manifests. They read that in the fucking Doctor Spock manual before. Goddamn. I I really think that this is is a great example of people who probably, like I said, just fell into like, oh shit, I'm pregnant. Oh shit, I guess we'll get married. Oh shit, I guess we'll have another one. And then when things get hard, it's just like we don't know what to do. We don't know what to do. Yeah. So we'll play cards and put your phones down, I guess. Yeah. Put and and this is gonna be okay. Like we're sending you off to boarding school. Like we canceled the cable. You know, in a couple of years, people will be like, "Cable, what the fuck?" Um, so they run back to their parents. They do gibbering. You know, convince them doesn't take much convincing because you know they're both like on the same page. We saw fucking bodies. This is where we Scooby uh, split up. Get the get the ladies back to the to their trailer, and then the dudes have the to dudes, go. The dudes got to go in and investigate the bodies. Which, of course, they find. And this is where um, the movie... So when I was sitting in the theater, I was uh, I was wondering how far they'll take this. Because I already see my victims. I've met them already. Mm-hmm. I had no idea really who was going to survive, if anybody. The last film, I mean... The implication, for all intents and purposes, Liv Tyler almost seemed like she completely died. She just so happens to live at the end of that movie. But they kill her, like like Scott Speedman. And so you kind of wonder, all right, so they will build up characters in this and then they'll kill them off. So I was like, it's a family unit. Who do they have the balls to fucking kill? That's what I was the most fascinated by because... I, I don't dislike modern horror, but I also feel like modern horror has very little teeth. And Oh, especially when they're worried about offending people. Like, it, by all rights, they should have killed the dad first, because according to Twitter, he's the most disposable person. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, but like when they get to this scene and they kill the mom. They kill the mom in a fucking brutal fashion. Oh, yeah. They kill the mom um, in probably one of the best film moments of this film. It's very strong. And there is a lot of unspoken character motivations revealed. Mm. And, you know, you do get that whole, like, the mom and daughter really do care about one another. But you get that through the way that they're screaming and reacting to somebody who's pounding through a bathroom door after them. And you get it muted through the skylight, which is a brilliant moment. Like, it's a really well-solved moment. And it is super tense. Mm. It is super insane mm. because they've realized that their phones are smashed. They know they're basically alone. They could scream all they want. And you know that too. The fucking walls in a trailer are made of paper. Oh, yeah. That door. I mean, I'm almost convinced that Dollface probably could have broken that down without an implement. Probably not. And she has that huge fuck off knife. Like oh, a yeah. giant Martha Stewart living Oh, yeah. Yeah. Shiny. Oh, it's so shiny. It's a wonderful knife. And just from being so into horror films, as soon as the mom puts her hand on the door, you're expecting that knife to come straight through it any minute because you know it's made of paper too, right? So I really love the scene. And while they're trapped in the bathroom, before they start making their harrowing escape or attempted escape through the skylight, she turns on the music out in the living room mm-hmm. portion and turns it up a little. Not to an, an insane degree either to drown mm-hmm. out everything. You just hear it a little but bit. But enough that it's almost like you're like, oh, you sick fuck. That's just background music. 
Yeah. That's what you're doing. It's yeah. not to drown anything out or disguise your footsteps. You're just yeah. like, I want some Yeah, this is part stuck of in the middle with you. That's yeah. what this is. Yeah, and there you go. Yeah. It's a fucking this is the most effective use of this music through mm-hmm. this film. And at that point, I don't care what song is playing. Mm. It could be any of the roster of bad eighties radio music that they're choosing here. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's done so very fucking well mm. i love this scene and the daughter gets shoved up through the skylight almost yeah. makes her escape with her mom by pulling her mom up but her mom says no no run just as dollface comes in and stabs the mom several times in the kidneys yeah it's a cool scene um i love two things i love about this i love the weirdly sort of like mockingly tender almost sensual way she's holding the mom yeah um just fucking being gross right and then (laughs) the next time you see the mom face in the sink i just find that very funny like (laughs) i don't know why i do enjoy that for all of dollface's bravado with turning on the music so she has some background noise to her slaughter she doesn't pose the bodies there's no like Jason Voorhees body posing going on. She leaves the mom with her face in the sink as she died. Or she, I feel like she would be more of a jazzy version of Jason Voorhees if there was a scene of her wiping the blood off her hands with like a, a, a tea towel or whatever, and she just like tosses it on the back of the mom's head and walks out of the room. That would be fucking hilarious. But that's playing for laughs, and we're not playing for laughs. No, we're not playing um, for laughs. But no, I, I there is there is no body posing because. When we get to uh, the dad's death, there's also like I mean, like I would I wouldn't even like wager that Kinsey would even really know. She knows that he's not there, but they never directly mention that dad's dead because you know her brother doesn't know that. No. Um, although, woof, um, when when we get back to to the guys, it's. Um, it's a, it's again, it's more of the, this, what the strangers do that I love so much where they're just fucking with you for no reason. They really could kill you at any time. They know that place in and out and they could have eliminated everyone altogether. They all could have attacked at the same time. Are you sure that they live there? Are you sure that they spent that much time there that they know this place in and out? Like, I have gotten the impression from this. So the strangers killed their aunt and uncle because they were there on the drive you know they were just let's drive around let's kill somebody these people are, are fine yeah. when the strangers were there they ordered they, takeout they ordered takeout they got the phone call that the mom delivers in the opening sequence to let them know that they're going to be late uh, before they when they're at the diner or when they're going to the diner tips off the strangers that more people are coming I think that they minimum had 10 hours, uh, which would be the night before versus the time it would take the family to get in the car and then drive over. The fun thing about the strangers that I think, yeah, 10 hours. Okay. That sounds about right. When when you're thinking like, you know, the place inside and out, they've been there for like a week or something, or they live there seasonally or something. Yeah, yeah, no. But, um... They don't seem to need to know a place. They got an idea. They they're not all like preternatural or anything, but they they just tend to know their their prey and a typical domicile. Like if someone has a window that's 
this distance from a door. If someone knocks on the door, they'll look out this window. If there's no window facing there, they're going to come straight to the door. If mm. there's a porch light, we'll just untwist the bulb, whether they know how the like the particular lay of the land or not, because they didn't know the lay of the land in the first one at all, and they behaved in much the same manner as if they knew the place. And there's uh, there's enough evidence to support through the movie and through the vagueness of the storytelling that you could assume that the strangers have been doing this for the entire decade, that there's a time lapse in between the films. Yeah. The update of like cars and phones and all that kind of stuff from the last film. And so you would assume that, okay, so yes, they've done this numerous amounts of time. Let's say once a month, they've been doing this for a decade at this point. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I do like this introduction mm. to the bag head guy mm-hmm. bag face bag head they call him the man face? with the mask the i was just calling the like the bag man because he just the man in the mask is less specific because they're all wearing masks i'm gonna call him stranger dad stranger dad, stranger dad. <laughs> i like that because i just you assume that they're like a mom and dad and kid right mm-hmm. or something um but this bag head Standing out in the front with an axe. Mm. Yeah. And also, like, simultaneously just, like, pitching shit in the windows and, and banging on the sides and shit like that. Of course, this is, is, like, there was a gun in here. This is where you have big reactions to things that I feel are super appropriate reactions to things. There's appropriate reactions to death of a loved one. There's appropriate reactions to injury in this film. People act fucking hurt. They act scared. They act upset initially and then it's it's like the for there was a time when the most shocking thing in the world was there was these two decomposing bodies on a bed now they're like just not pre- like they may as well not even be in the scene anymore because dad's looking for his gun yeah there is this moment where where in where the where the son is like you really gonna shoot somebody he seems um like you know billy every team just was a, liked swinging bats and hitting balls that's what he was all about and the idea this reality has not sunk in and we'll see when the reality does sink in with this character uh because he makes some questionable decisions fear of the moment like you're just you aren't not ready to do it um like he feels without saying that he can just simply excuse himself from the situation yeah yeah and it will he, all go away or the cops yeah. will show up any minute somehow which, which is why you know i was thinking about it when i was watching the movie this time i was like yeah like I should have known. Like, I write things. Like, I should know, obviously, that the parents were the ones that were going to get killed. Yeah. Like, because you need to take away the support system. If you don't take away the support system, then the kids just rely on their support system the whole time. You need to take that away from them. So they need to start acting on their own. Billy Baseball is going to be the first one to buckle under that pressure, too. Yeah. yeah. Um, and because, and again, it's that moment where, you know, they're driving around and... <laughs> Some of these, some of the moments of this movie will make me sort of laugh a little bit. Uh, it might be because is I'm, it how they're driving super fast around the trailer park looking just for somebody peeling it, and then you just, and then it was just like I love that Bagman's solution to that is I'm just gonna pitch some shit at their <laughs> car. And the craziest thing is it's the like you laugh at him because I was like that's your big plan, Bagman, your intricate fucking game of cat and mouse. Just gonna pitch some garbage at their their van fucking so effective like it really really fucked them up like they careen into it was almost like that moment in the first strangers movie where just fucking scott speedman like shoots his his friend in the face and the strangers like literally had nothing to do with that and they were just kind of like i could imagine them all sort of sitting around being like 
Exactly. If they reacted or blinked or anything ever, they yeah. would at least have a little tittle. But there was definitely that moment where I just imagined the bagman pitching that shit at the van, watching it careen into a trailer park, completely incapacitating the vehicle, pinning the fucking father with a with a huge piece of porch wood into his gut, and he was just like, huh. Right. No, and totally does its job. Unfortunately, it is almost eye roll worthy because they worked so hard and almost failed in making these believable characters you care about or whatever. Yeah. The, the point of like writing for human beings is. But then it's like he, he threw a cinder block on in your van. <laughs> Did it pin your leg to the gas, you fucking moron? Yeah. Who? How the fuck does that even happen? It doesn't fucking happen. You would have anyone would have tramped on the gas, but it's just like wow, that escalated way too quickly. Yeah. It does its job completely. Yeah, but I almost feel like Bagman would be as surprised as we as the audience would be. Yes. Like if Although this, it also unfortunately makes me be like, you fucking deserve to die now if you can't drive a car. And you're racing around this little tiny trailer park. It's not that big. And if you drove slow and listened instead of driving fast and screaming. With the with the uh, the windows rolled up. Like, how are you supposed to hear your daughter if, if, you, if you're screaming? Yeah. It doesn't matter. Like, duh, 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 duh. They're all super bad about um, just alerting the strangers to exactly where they are because they're all screaming. Yeah. Like the second they, the, from, from like Kinsey to the mom to, well, the mom doesn't have too much time on, in this world. And she can't scream no more. No, she can't scream no more. She has got a face full of sink, but everyone else, like the second they get out to the street, they're just yelling. And I guess, and, and you got to imagine sound travels. You oh, at hear, night like that yeah, too. Yeah. Yeah. You could hear someone screaming from one end of the park to the other. I betcha. Yeah. So, I mean, that is what happens, and it sets up what I will die on a hill saying is my favorite kill in any horror movie ever. It's the slow-ass fucking build-up to it. I like the I like the, the speed at which Bagman is moving it's, during the scene. Yeah, I like the shot of him standing on the one side, and then he walks around... And just I think there's almost this moment where where I where again if this was a comedy comedy slasher he would have opened that car door and sat down and just been like hey yeah like because that's the 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 casualness of it and then he starts searching on the radio and again like this feeds into what Dollface was doing just part of it just I want to listen background I just want to listen to some music. And there's a, even a, a brief moment where he pauses on a baseball game or a sports game, something. Because we'll it's this family's van, right? Just, yeah. yeah. So they're just like listening to sports. And he kind of listens to it for a second. And I was like, is he into sports? Or is this like, does he think this is funny enough to die to? Nah, this isn't funny enough to die to. So he changes it to that weird Cambodia song. And... And again, listens to it for a little while while the father is pleading. And there is this guy, like the strangers themselves are pretty catatonic when it comes to their reaction to things. It's very curious. He doesn't blink. No. He doesn't blink at all. And he, it's fun to play staring game with the stranger, Bag Face Dad. And you would almost think that he was fucking dead. Just like there's nothing there. Yeah. Uh, and till he turns up that music... 
And then he stares at the dad. Well, the dad is pleading with him, trying to like figure logic into this. And maybe like, it's the gorehound in me that is not only aggravated by the choice of crummy music, it's just way too loud. And I want to hear these gurgles. You want to hear the gurgles. I don't I don't fault you for that. A gurgle, a good gurgle is uh, what a girl like you needs sometimes. Mm-hmm. I love this the physical acting of this where he holds up that ice pick and he kind of looks at it and he looks at him like, I'm going to put this in you. Like, and again, there's no fucking expression behind his eyes until he plunges that thing to the dude's fucking throat. Then his eyes start darting back and forth like a fucking maniac. I don't think it's maniacal. I think that he's looking at the blood and the father's eyes is dying. Oh, yeah. Like, like yeah, it's, it's not. It's just that he has two things to look at. I wouldn't call it maniacal. But I yeah. think I think that it is it is the only like the only bit of acting where I feel like this guy has a pulse mm-hmm. is in that moment where he's watching the life of this dude drain out he of him. He still doesn't blink if I notice. He doesn't blink. Not. It's yeah, just it's, it's all just like rapid eye movement. It's fucking wild. I love it. And and then just like he just like came and went to sleep, he just wipes off his ice pick and just turns the music right off. He's like, yeah. well that's enough of that. Um, which really like emphasizes the fact that like I don't think they even like this music. I think that they're just playing it because it's because they either they think you'll hate it or they they hate what it represents. They hate or they just want to annoy you or they're just fucking with you. Like it's something. It but whatever it is, it's so part of it. Which to me is like this wasn't emphasized at all in the other movie except for the fact that they were playing that record, but. I, but I never got the sense that, like, the record needed to be playing. Whereas I feel like no. in this, like, they need the music playing. But it's in- contradictory to me if that's the case. Because then is it what? It's covering up the sounds of these people dying? It's covering up what they're doing? Is it how, serving as a distraction mentally so they're outside of themselves while they do these acts? I, I, and we want them to be present. We want them to know what they're doing and hear what they're doing and feel what they're doing. I feel like the music is not... It's definitely not to mask anything because I think they're so careful with how they pick their targets. Like it is random, but it's also it can't be that random because then they they pick like isolated. It's entirely fan service kind in a way. Mm. Is it is it just like, well, we want to inject a bunch of 80s music cuz that's what all the kids are into right now, so we're going to do this. No, I like I genuinely That's how it comes across. Not to me. I I feel as though it comes off as mocking that's what they're doing i feel as though this goes into what i was saying about them being this twisted version of like the everything's okay family don't worry about it look at this synthetic music that played eight thousand times on the fucking radio doesn't this make you feel good look at the the vapid lyrics that have no meaning just like your life just like killing you has no meaning and that's what this all is now again that is my take on it coming from a person who does like the music, who does like uh, their use of it very much in this. So perhaps I'm I'm reaching to some people to find meaning in it. That's what I do. That's what the show is. So like so but I will stand by the fact that like to me it, it is it is almost like a scathing comment on the of ignoring the realities of the world and just focusing on like this synthetic idea of the American ideal and why the strangers 
are their own family that seek to just destroy it, whether or not that is their mission statement or not. Well, I'm never more glad in a film than when he turns off the music and we can get back to the fucking movie because uh, the dad who, like you said, the kids don't know he's dead. The the son knows he's in a dire circumstance. He may be saved. People will get punctured often enough and and make it through people can get nearly bisected and live it's crazy totally so the dad was in a bad way but he Mm. might have made it if they if there was help coming right so he doesn't know that he's dead he's certainly fucking dead now that all punctured a spot perfectly and he's bled out immediately yeah so he's he's down for the count so the mom and dad are 100 dead we know it's just the kids right now Mm -hmm. do you like the reaction of the dad finding the mom I do actually. Um, it's it's done very well, and I like that it's sort of from the son's point of view because all sound. It sounds like a shotgun has gone off. Yeah, his blood is rushing to his head. He's having a panic attack. Basically, yeah. he can't even hear what is. His, his, he's not present because mm-hmm. like they fuck with sound a lot in this in this movie, and I love I love it when they do it. Uh, that scene you were talking about in in the bathroom, and mm-hmm. then of course this scene. Where again, it's like the the sun's not present, but... and it's very realistic, and yeah. it's told from a particular point of view. And in 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 writing, you would almost accuse them of head hopping in a way because it's told from one person's point of view, then another's yeah. within the same scene. But it works very well here, especially mm. with this, because I think the father's reaction is quite genuine. Also, at the same time, realizing they got to get out of here. He's got live people to deal with. Yeah, he can't take the time to mourn. There's nothing he can do for her. She's dead as a doornail. Yeah, so the son's reaction of of reality crashing in on him Mm. um yet again because this isn't the first dead body he's seen this evening uh his reaction his face changes entirely like it's pretty good acting Mm. and it doesn't last too long because Mm. the threat of the moment is more important Mm. than what's in the bathroom in the sink Mm. right Mm -hmm. so i think it yeah i do like it very very well I'm just I'm just trying to make sure I can find all the things you like about it. <laughs> no, it doesn't matter. It's ruined because no. of the music. No, it absolutely ruined. No, yeah. elevated, elevated. No, it's ruined. Elevated, it's ruined. Elevated. Kinsey is still running around the park trying mm. to find a way out. She's actually clawing herself a- along the fences, which is fruitless but she's panicking and trying to find an escape like there was no real gate to this place she needs to find the road that they came in on that's all she needs to do but she's having a really hard time doing that meanwhile dollface is hard on her trail yeah she's just hanging out in the background what'd she do you know it's like did you find it weird that the pinup girl has like been almost completely absent they would be waiting for her yeah when Kinsey gets herded to the park area. That's when we first see her. Yeah, and it's in the trailer. It's noted as a, a jump scare, although I don't believe that it is. Uh, because if you saw the trailer, you're expecting it. And while she's sitting in there, you kind of are expecting something, right? Yeah, yeah so. because the bag dude is just like hanging out there with his truck. Beep, beep. And it's more lines from the strangers. It is, yeah. Just, just getting started. Words. Yeah. Also fairly weak, unfortunately. I didn't like the line, but uh, it doesn't really ruin anything for me. One of the things that I think, one of my problems with this film in terms of the treatment of the strangers is the fact that they seem to have decided for us which strangers we're going to see the most of, which are going to have the more or less significant 
bits of dialogue and it kind of flies in the face of the ambiguity of the structure of this family, which to me, so for example, it's like by default, the way that our brains work, the last stranger standing is the leader and the first one that dies is the least significant. Mm -hmm. And in the first film, it's never presented that way. You don't really know what the structure of this family is. We don't, like you can guess, and we did guess. Like it seemed like Dollface was the newest because she was, you know, shaky on the, on the whole thing, and she was the only one that spoke. Which at the time seemed like a weakness. A, like a yeah. weakness. She she felt compelled to answer them, which seemed more of you were treating these people as people, which is not how the strangers see them. Yeah. Um. At least not in that moment. So uh. So like the the so the pinup girl. Uh, which is essentially just the stranger with the black hair, the other woman. The mom. The mom. Stranger uh, mom. Yeah. It's like, I, I just feel like she got kind of short change. She didn't get any kills. It's like, you know what I mean? It's just weird. It, like, I just thought it was weird. Like, when I was watching the film, I was like, oh, that's a... Well, she was busy in the kitchen. Maybe. I don't know. Or something. Maybe she threw the cinder block. Maybe she was... Well, that was Bagman for sure. But I think that the... Uh, she was she was hanging out by the slushy machine. Getting ready for fucking Slugger. Yeah. A, a pretty boring night for her all in all. Maybe yeah. there's some things that were cut that she actually did accomplish. But there's only so many victims to go around at this point too, yeah. right? They manufacture so, a victim at the end, which I love. Because it's I, like right out of like a fucking 80s movie. Exactly. Um, I think that they could have utilized her a little bit more to amp up what the strangers are best at, which is distracting and terrifying people. Yeah. And they don't do enough of that. Mm-hmm. So I do feel a little bit ripped off there. So she's just been hanging out in this tube all night, according to this movie. And is that where she stays? Can no. You she gets to go to the pool. She does get to go to the pool. Um, beforehand, there's a, when when uh, when Kinsey finds her brother, or vice versa, and they have this moment where again, Dollface is on the assault. I was like, this is a good opportunity to have Pinup Girl be the one in this scene that actually stabs Kinsey in the thigh. Uh, but, it, but they go for Jack in the Box Dollface, which is fine. It's a way to go, and it does allow for Dollface to deliver more lines. We have. You know, Kinsey's brother pointing a gun right at her fucking face, but he can't pull the trigger. Mm-hmm. Uh, the reality of killing somebody, despite the fact that he knows for a fact that they killed his mother and his dad is at the very least very close to being dead. Yeah. Uh, and this lady literally just stabbed his sister in front of her. He still can't compel himself to pull the trigger. I get it. It's it's not easy to kill somebody. He will get over that too sweet though because he will bash the pinup girl in the face with uh, an implement. And like a tire iron. And it's a little more his style because he's a baseball kid and all that. Yeah, you got to drive get, that home. He gets his plus, his plus to defense. No pun intended. No baseball pun intended here. <laughs> but yeah, so he does uh, take care of her pretty quickly and even has a line like, I've got one of yours. How does it feel? Yeah. Um, you can tell he's all juiced up oh, when yeah. he's saying that too. Super, super in jock fashion. He's in yeah. jock mode now. How do you like that? How do you like them apples? <laughs> That's a that's about where he's at. Yeah, that's about where he's at. He's do you think maybe it. like I know that Dollface was a recurring 
actor. This is the same girl that played Dollface in the first one. Mm. It's a different guy that played the man in the mask that they call him, or Baghead, or yeah. Stranger Dad. Stranger Dad. I don't know if the pinup. I don't know if, if it's if, the same actor. Yeah. If anyone knows, they can tell us. But yeah, it, it, she gets the most lines too. The Dollface, like the, by far, yeah. she has three speaking scenes. If you include uh, the Tamara stuff. Yeah, yeah. and I do. And I do. Yeah, so, because I like that idea where she's sort of laughing at him and saying, you gonna sh- you're going to shoot me? Like, she's like, she doesn't buy it. Or even if even if um, she does, she seems less afraid to die, although afraid enough to drop the knife. So it's kind of hard. Kinsey's like, give me that fucking gun. I'll shoot her. Yeah. She didn't just get stabbed in the fucking thigh. This is one of those moments in that film where she is really effective like I buy the fact that her leg fucking hurts uh, and I and her limping around and she can barely fucking move and that's what separates them and she goes hides under the lattice that one hiding under the lattice scene to me is wild because these people seem to fucking know where you are at all times someone is watching them. yeah yeah like you're fucking like they're they show up like they're Jason fucking Voorhees all the time and and if you're secluded in an area they'll literally just ram their fucking truck into the place totally and everything is made of fucking paper and they already know like all you need to do is leave you need to run you need to run 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 and go 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 not sit there and hide because that is asking for it yeah they do but i mean he's convinced that they need to get to a landline and so he goes to the knickknack store because he figures that there's a landline there Although, if I were him, this is this is where I'd play like it. Now, if I was the guy, I would just assume that every every phone line has been cut, everything is inoperable. Because they've already cut the landline, so the trailers that you were in, this is the next logical place. They'll allow you to go there, but they're probably waiting for you there. And also, the phone won't work. Now, the phone does work yeah. uh, for, for a minute. Luckily. And in the meantime, I would also assume they're just going to kill my sister. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Why you would... I was like, there's more than one of them. Go in groups. Yeah. Armies, stay together. Just stay, stay together. Like, stay together. Like, yeah. like you know, never worked for Scooby. Like, it's not going to no, work for No, stay you. together. Go to the phone. Oh, yeah. it works. Good. Make the call. Even if it gets cut off, which it does. Mm-hmm. And we don't even know if the call went through at all. Yeah. Really. And then just huddle with weapons. Huddle with weapons or do something. But uh, Kinsey seems okay. Um, this starts a sequence which uh, I know I know the music irks you. Ironically, what I've heard the most about this film, um, even people who hated it, love this entire sequence. I like the sequence except for the music. Yeah. And I do like the use of the sound though. Like and it the is under, it's, under, it's, the, it's, under yeah, the water. I like that cool. a lot. It's way too fucking loud. Way too fucking loud. To the point that they do turn up all the sound effects. So when he's dragging his axe along that like that tile, that specific tile that is around pools and has a particular echoey sound, they're like amping that up to drown out the music. It's just like I, I really, really wish, and I'm not considering this the rewrite. The only rewrite would be the reason why this girl's going to boarding school, so I can believe her fucking hot topic genre a little better. Is as soon as that music starts blaring, the first thing Luke do is grab the speakers and throw them in the fucking pool just because right yeah, okay. But uh, yeah, it's just way too fucking loud. There's a lot more interesting noises going on here. A lot more interesting noises. But they've got this 
poorly chosen song that isn't even so out of context to be interesting. But yeah, it's just a garbage song. Maybe um, it's from years of my being subject to radio music and just looking for that power button or waiting for the one person who demands that it be on to leave so I can turn it off or turning radio music down on people just out of force of habit. Maybe. I mean, I'm hearing you, man. I'm I'm hearing you. But it is visually a very good scene. I've heard it um, equated to the pool scene in... Let the right one in. In that there's, they take place at a pool? I don't know. In get that it. it's intense. In that it sets up a character as someone inconceivably strong and fatigable and invincible. Okay. All right. I'll go with that. Listen, I love this scene. However, first Wes rewrite, the brother dies. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. Doesn't he like, come close enough for you? No. I'm sorry. Like, I love this fucking film. I'm running over the hill. I see my fucking friend die. I pick up his rifle and I fucking like start shooting. This is an egregious sin of this fucking script. I'm sorry. The brother fucking dies. There is no version of this script that should have that brother living for any fucking conceivable reason. He only had, he only got stabbed once. It doesn't matter. The scene, like, first of all, like, it completely drains all the power out of the... Vi- Let, take the music out of the equation because I know it hurts you. It takes all the power out of the visuals of that thing. Bagman coming up behind that fucking kid, knifing him in the back, the trail of blood, the, the look of him popping up behind the kid like he's the fucking xenomorph in Aliens while well, the kid's like trying to like slosh away from him is beautiful. It's brilliant. That sequence where that kid is like, like baby paddling to his death... Ears above water, ears below water. Ears above water, and the music changes. That kid sinks below that fucking pool and dies. Kinsey saving him, pulling his ass out of the fucking thing. Like, ah, oh, I like that scene, and I like that scene especially because the horrible music is being drowned out by the wonderful score. <laughs> and fair. it is like, very well, uh, like it's very well choreographed. The timing. Of Bagman just leaving and the sister showing up. Like, I really like that because you're still sort of teetering on that tension. And there's somebody there and reaching for him. You think it's going to be round two all of a sudden. Again, like, it's it's a nice... It works. The scene's well acted. It's Like, there's nothing wrong with it, technically speaking. And, it like, it's fine. It's fine. But... Wes writes this script, that boy dies. Hmm. That that reach of hope, I don't want that. Usually I'm the heartless one. This is not about, this is like, to me, this is what the Strangers movies are. And I think that if you are following, if you are following the storyline, like you just did such a good job with it that I think it should have been a death. Because that's what, that's what takes the car death Like, you know, everyone was talking about this scene. Everyone was talking about the pool scene. Everyone was going fucking gaga for it. Like, that's all I saw on Twitter and Instagram for, like, a fucking, like, month when this movie was coming out. Just constantly referencing this scene. But I was like, the car scene is better to me because the dad dies. And I think that, 
like if you're watching a horror movie and you're watching a certain kind of horror movie, this is basically a, turned into a slasher from a home invasion. I like that, like you know, the 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 brother's not in the rest of the movie, so he may as well have died too. Like like the only like you the only reason why you even know he's really alive is because she's in the hospital. At the and end. it's to amp up Kenzie as a as a savior hero here too. So yeah, she that's save true. Her own I'll ass. Give like, you... So it does work in that manner. Yeah. I just really wish that. This the the pool scene entirely. I wish there was a version without the music in you it. You could probably internet that. Yeah, it would be really nice, like a pre-production run of this, so I could see this, and it would be unbelievably brutal and intense, and the sounds would be unfucking real. And even when his ears are going above and below water, which is an absolutely cool tactic, it's just such a horrible song to come up to. I'd rather be under the water and dead. Thank you. Even the sounds of the night and and frogs and crickets chirping would be even more eerie, I think. But it does, you know, it gives Kinsey another motivation. She's not just like, oh, great, my brother's dead. I might as well just sit here and wait for them to get me too. She is determined now, like, I'm going to go and get help because she thinks he's going to make it. So it gives her a couple motivations. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Um, I'll back off. A little. I'll back off a little bit. Because he could die while he, she's off doing her thing. He could die. I just, it's just. Maybe he, he's in a coma. And, and I, maybe. And I could, and I should have known because they linger on it so much to the point where I was just like, wow, this is pathetic. Like, it's just like, like, I genuinely was like, I feel sad for this kid. And then they're just like, oh, no, 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 he's rescued. And I was like, everything that I was feeling, I, I like, yes, I guess for, for some people in the audience, that would have been an uplifting movie moment because the rest of them are like, oh my God, like, you fucking, you're like, you're killing my nuclear family. Like, oh my goodness. Goodness gracious, Lydia. For Pete's sake, you killed the mom and dad. Not the boy, too. He likes baseball. That's as American as apple pie. Now we all got is this punk kid, so I guess the strangers are going to kill everybody and win because she can't possibly make it. No she way. can't. Um, <laughs> this is where there's like a scene. There is a video game called Clock Tower um, that I loved for the PlayStation 1. I bet Chris knows all about it. He's got a show. He's got yes, a show. he does have Talks a show. Video mm-hmm. games. Run, hide, kill. Run, hide, kill. And who knows? Maybe someday he'll, he'll mention it because he's got a very long list of things to get through his most recent one is a plague tale i saw he just uploaded it very very fun um so check that out that's a that's a beautiful game too but there's a scene in the first clock tower game where like it's pretty much towards the very beginning and there's like this irish stereotype cop and he's just like oh now what's all this then and like literally like the scissor man just fucking like just out of nowhere just like fucking rams scissors through this guy's back and out his chest and he just dies and that's that's it it's for your character to run to a cop and then him just to get killed and when this car pulls up to kinsey and you think for a second maybe it's the the truck that's been cruising around the coolest truck ever it's it's a good old rusty rusty ford it's about like the fifth rusty truck that i like in in horror films yeah 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 Yeah. i like uh jeepers creepers truck is really jeepers creepers truck i like the high tension truck dual i like the truck in dual yeah and i like the truck in texas chainsaw massacre too that's a good truck that's a great truck and Maximum Overdrive. There's a lot of cool trucks in there. There's a lot of cool trucks, but it doesn't really count because it's not a truck that I could drive. 
That's true. Although, I can fucking see you in the big rigs. I would not drive a big rig. I couldn't even figure out the math to drive a big rig, let alone get up in it. You know how short I am. You are very small. You'd have to lift me up in there. We'll get you some phone book. You you can sit with, with Chris... You know, he can be your support system. I'll be in the I'll be in the side. Will you pull the the chain to make just the horn to, go? Try to fucking stop me. Yeah. I'll be doing be awesome. it even when we're like stuck in traffic just to annoy people. That'd be great. Um yeah. <laughs> anyway, it's a cop. And th- there's this moment that I love where Dollface is skulking around and yet they not we see them but neither one of them do. I can understand they're like super focused, but also like I like to pretend that these strangers have so mapped out like the human peripheral they know precisely where to be where you're just out of sight of someone. Which isn't hard to do. I mean, sneaking around my parents as a child all the time I became quite a fucking pro at how much people can see in a field of vision. Oh, yeah. yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, she just slices his throat and he's fucking dead. When Kinsey is fighting, uh, I love the sequence in the truck because she gets into the police car uh, there's no keys. There's Double no faces key. like keys. Yeah, I got f- the keys. fucking with you and shit like that. Um, I like Kin- like the Kinsey takes some fucking hits in this movie, and I do like that they don't shy away from it. She has a grievous fucking ru- uh, wound in her leg. She's got a bad one on her arm. Her she's trying. She has defensive wounds now. She does, and actually, the defensive wounds play in because by the time that she is done with this fight, she's frustrated and she bangs her hand on the string wheel and immediately reacts to the pain <laughs> that that would be to have a sliced open palm and hit it on something and yeah. i really like that like yeah. very good thinking there as far as the acting or yeah. the writing whichever it was that accomplished that mm-hmm. but yeah the first thought when she's jumping in there is like there's a fucking shotgun in there. there's a goddamn shotgun in all those date trooper mobiles or whatever yeah and she struggles with it at first and you think ah horror movie logic of course she can't get it yeah and then you still think horror movie logic is going to happen once she has the goddamn thing in her hands pointed at Dollface. It'll click or yeah. something. But no. No, she just fucking shoots her. Yeah. Um, this sequence, and I remember you you saying that this line was really weak. I agree. Um, not only have I heard this line before, the the line was referenced in Funny Games. It's a almost a it's a direct quote from yeah. that film. But also in one of my favorite, I'm gonna talk about another fucking like Bruce Tim animated movie. Or animated show when they did like the Batman animated series, it was a line Mister Freeze said um, when he was doing his nihilistic destruction, and someone asked him why he destroys this priceless bit of life's work, and he just answers, "Why not?" So why not has always been like when she said it, I was like, "Yeah, it's the Mister Freeze line that I've heard." 800 times because I've watched that episode 800 times when I was a kid. Uh, I have no idea. I know you don't, but like, that's just where it hit me more than anything. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't, like, it was a weak line only because I've heard it so many times by really just watching one thing over and over again. But that was like a really prominent part of my childhood, that animated show. So like when I saw it, I was just like, eh. And it's not as good as Because You Were Home. And the framing of that scene isn't very effective either to have the fucking big heavy line delivered. Yeah, it's just, it's you know what it is? It's also like Dollface, like not in a position of power. You could have just had no line. 
Like, you just no dialogue. It wasn't needed. Uh, you, you take off the mask. Honestly, like, in a world of preference, take off the mask, camera from behind her, we don't see her face, and then she just blows her away. That will be a silent scene, also maintaining mystery. Because we don't need to see Dollface's face, because we don't know who she is. And we'll never know. No, um, and I think that we see Dollface's face only because she's a recurring actress. And we know that thanks to media and people who have investigated who played the strangers yeah, when they yeah. were still masked. Yeah. But... I think that's why that happened that way. Because uh, it doesn't really even work to solidify that she's just like any other kid. She's no, She's just because... a mirror of the American child. And no, she's exactly no. like Kinsey. She looks like a Manson girl to me. <laughs> yeah, she sort of does. Um, just with like better like, like showers. Yeah, slightly. But... No, it's just a really, it's just a really weak line. I would have rather her say nothing. Yeah, that's, you know, that's where I'm at, that's where that. I'm at yeah. too. Even if we did get an unmasking and everything played out. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's just super fucking weak. Or why not just regurgitate the line from the first one? Yeah, um, you could have done that too. Which would have I, been almost more confusing because it's like, we don't live here. <laughs> yeah, because you were home. I'm like, I'm outside. Well, you should have seen the last movie and she's like trying to explain it and then she gets shot. <laughs> You're still playing it for laughs here. You're trying to make this Sorry. I, I do keep trying to make this a comedy. Although you did laugh your ass off when the kid was struggling in the pool. It's the sad like little splashy arm And as much as things. I'm not enjoying that scene because of the horrible music <laughs> and that is what it is. It's horrible music. Um, I was thinking, you know, this is really good because his direction might have been or his thinking might have been like, I'll just paddle like I'm in maple syrup and it'll look like my, my functions are slowing down. I'm like, this is really effective. And Wes is like, ha ha ha. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm going to chop it up to the fact that I've been up since 7 p.m. yesterday. Yep. Uh, so there's that. Getting loopy. Getting a little, getting a little loopy. I was falling asleep while we were watching this, not because I don't love it. Um, so now we get into the best and worst scene in the entire planet. Well, no, I really think the pool is the pool is where I'll stop being a super like driving home that the music choices are wrong and bad and they should have relied more heavily on the really good score. The good score, score is very very good. It's a good score. Yeah, no, it really is. So in here they do rely on this way too loud music because. It's, it's got some really cool, powerful visuals and good sound going on. And they could have used more score here or none at all. But I'm also a fan of, of none at all. I like restaurants that don't have music, right? Like, that's me. But she blows away Dollface. She does. It's a cool scene. Mm -hmm. I love how they linger on that shotgun in the silence, too. Where it, like you can hear it echoing. And right away... We have dad, stranger dad. Stranger dad. Yeah, baghead. Yeah. He's going to come and take, get vengeance? Does he have any actual human emotion? Does he have any reaction? So this is what's the second rewrite. Tell me how you oh, feel really? about this. Oh, okay, I will because I, I like all of this except the music, right? Tell me about the, Tell me what you think about this. Fucking bagman smashes into the back of the car. And and by the way, in my version, the brother's dead, and she knows that. Ah, uh, yes, this this I know too. He when that moment when he pulls up, I got two options for you. One, he's looking at her. Air supply is playing. 
Quieter. Okay, thank you for that. Thank you for that. Um, I know you don't mean it, but thank you. <laughs> louder. No, quieter, yeah. quieter. I am very... Listen, I love you very much. Like, level it properly. Level it the way... At least. So okay. it's not so grating to people who are sensitive to that sort of thing. Um, when he pulls up next to her after fucking just ramming his truck into the police car, opens the door... Lost my two, lost two of my members of my family. Kinsey's got nothing left. She has killed. She has maybe gotten a taste for it. Don't need any dialogue. She gets in the car. They drive off. She's the next generation. She's going to be added to the pile. Or second option, he smashes into the back of the car, pulls up next to her, stares at her, and it's kind of like... Drives off. Kind of like, like, you're okay, kid. All right. I was like, all right. You know what? I got three. You got two. All right. It's just me now. You you killed my two. I've been doing, like, I mean, like, whether or not these people really meant anything to him, I think it's probably from his perspective, well, now I got to find more, which is why I think the Kinsey thing would work. But this could also just be like, yeah, you're all right, kid. And then he just drives off. And that's credits. That That would work very well although i really do like how this pans out because none of that involves a flaming truck on a bridge yes it doesn't and i like the flaming truck on the bridge the flaming truck on the bridge is very cool so it would just be kind of awkward if he's like okay see you later kid and then all of a sudden his truck bursts into flame and he drives off into the sunset he's like sunrise because yeah he's like he's gotta he's gotta get out of there either way because they pray at night not in dawn yeah his truck's gonna turn into a pumpkin any minute exactly so, <laughs> I see where you're coming from because you also want this, not only for him to have progeny or continuation, and yeah. it's not that you're mourning that she does kill him, or he dies anyway. No, I don't care about yeah. that. Like, I, don't I know care. No. that's not necessarily it, but I, I don't know. I think it's fine just as it is without the dreadful music. Like, Just turn the music down a little bit, turn the score up a little bit. Mm-hmm. I want to hear the gravel under the tires of this truck as it's slowly stalking her. That'd be cool. Yeah. Um, Because it does play a bit like a a music video. It actually kind of reminds me of the air supply video. People are just like standing out in the street. But, um... Kind of reminds me of like a Green Day video or something. Like Yeah. yeah. Like that walking contradiction video where like all that weird shit's happening around them. But it is it is acted fairly well here, and I like that. And yeah. even with uh, the slightly slow motion and the the sound changes, and just her realization that he's been ramming this truck that she's in over and over. The shotgun is an afterthought. She is mortally injured. She's bleeding from fucking everywhere. Yeah, and she's super hurt. he is going in berserker mode, ramming the side of this cop car yeah. over and over to the point that his front fender is hooked up under it, and he's tethered, and he's in the truck. She could have grabbed the shotgun and walked up to him and yeah. blasted his face away right there. Nope. But all that smoking was leading to a plot device in her back pocket. Yeah. A nice Zippo lighter. Yeah. People always throw those things away like they don't cost like $25. We should do a horror... I know, right? We should do a horror experiment where like if you... Would it stay lit? Would it stay lit? Okay. Especially the way that she's like kind of flailing around with it. I mean, if you throw a Zippo, does it stay lit? We see it in movies all of the time. Zippo lighters... They're hard to blow out. 
but not, but like stick matches, which I've when you also see people like just chuck a stick match. Yeah. Like, I'm just like, what planet are you from? What planet are you from that the thing actually lights properly? Because they make them so poorly now. But yeah, oh, yeah. would this Zippo continue to burn? And from what I've understood is that if you throw a match and gas, there's a, a higher likelihood that it will be extinguished by the liquid of the gas mm-hmm. because the fumes are far, far more... Uh, flammable than the liquid itself mm. so you can throw a match into gas and have it go out sometimes oh interesting i didn't know would have been hilarious actually if she would have thrown her lighter mm-hmm. and then bagman could get unhooked and be like you're all right kid you're all right drive down the road yeah like very slowly um when that scene when the car blows up and then she's walking away and you're like well that'll do it because the strangers aren't supernatural no they can they can die by i mean very pedestrian means i mean pinup girl dies via a couple of knives to the body and dollface is two well-placed shotgun blasts and she's done and they avoid injury like if you were coming at them with a knife they would neatly sidestep you yeah they got they got skills that pay them bills they do but um batman he is going to like christine he is just gonna very slowly back up that car and then start going after her again um and now the truck is flaming which is fantastic looking oh yeah and And it's lit very well too yeah and you're wondering like when there's almost this like sleepy hollow aspect to it because she sees the bridge and it's like once you cross that bridge my friend the bagman's power ends. <laughs> Pretty much. That's what's going and, on. And it does work it in does. a way because... It's like Scarecrow magic. It is because he kind of fucking starts looking like... It. I've seen people uh, cosplay this version of the bagman where he's all burnt and half his face is exposed. Badass. Mm-hmm. But when he gets out of that truck, you're just like, really? Really, man? Because he's so burnt. Like, he's so burnt, but it works very well because you know this... Like, once he falls to his knees, you're like, this was really his last bit yeah. of energy. Oh, yeah. It, here. He, he's really hyper-focused, like, must, murder, must, murder. Like Christine in, in human form. Yeah, and you can imagine that his body is, like, just alive with pain right now, but it's, like, total adrenaline pushing through it. His last ounce of strength will be to do this thing. Uh, probably because of the insult of it all. Like not so. Like I don't think he genuinely would care about his compatriots, the family. Uh, when family. he's in air quotes, because I, I don't. Well, wanna... We almost. We're almost sure they're not family. No, but like again, like if if this was you know said like inspired by true events, if they're talking about like the Tate LaBianca murders, then you can only compare them to a Man- a Manson esque. And this guy would really be more like a Tex Watson than a Charles Manson to me. Mm-hmm. But like we don't know, and that's just it. And and so that's how come I don't even want to say like killed his minions because I'm not just because he was the last one to live doesn't mean in my brain that he was in charge. No, not at all. It, it, it just means that he was he managed to live and the And Pinup's conspicuous by her absence through most of it anyway. And yeah. the fact that he is so chagrined with her death too, right? Because he really goes wild with those axe strikes. And I feel like if he was thinking clearly, he wouldn't have missed that kid no way. at all. Like that kid is like... He would have just thrown the axe. Oh yeah, something, so something cool. Operates. Yeah. But like you're talking about a dude that just got like almost dummied by like a teenage boy who you know what i mean and and again like it kind of comes to if you are going to kill the strangers off 
some of them, one of them has to die in whatever order. Yeah. And I guess whatever, the bagman is as good a person as any to, to leave off on. But he seems more to succumb to like this massive piece of glass in his stomach than he does the burns all over his body, which I'm just like, right on, man. But he dies like fucking Michael Myers in Halloween too. <laughs> well, after a certain point, the nerve endings in your body are burnt off and yeah. the burning doesn't hurt so much. Oh, his hands, yeah. like, th- that's fucking crazy. Yeah. It's like down to the muscle. So speaking of Michael Myers, like, there is, um, there are scenes, like, at the pool where he's swinging that axe and without that fucking music, it would have had that same weight in, uh, Halloween 2 where Laurie and Loomis are in that room and the gas is going mm. and Michael swinging blindly with a scalpel which is a scene that always just like fills me oh, with dread gotcha, 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 yeah. right and and you feel for Michael because you feel like he's somewhat incapacitated and just has kill 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 as his driving motivation like a robot that's designed only to kill <laughs> and it's so pathetic right it's so sad yeah and the, coupled with the near misses and of like that they could get slashed mm-hmm. that axing could be all that but mm-hmm. it's not unfortunately mm-hmm. and i really like the light use in that in that uh pool oh, those, those tacky ass fucking super trees tacky. And shit. yeah those neon palm trees going off multicolored <laughs> i like that a lot yeah, about that cool. scene but i also cool. like the light use of this flaming truck and the bridge and yeah. bagman dying in front of it like it is a really cinematic scene and mm. they've finally given up with the fucking 80s music because they've got this song playing in the truck radio that's slowly winding down as the truck oh yeah. yeah 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 i like that quite a bit and again it's like it goes it kind of goes into again the, the fact that like you're making you listen to this song like this like he was just like my truck's alive because it's got its fucking air supply plan and then like the air supply is winding down and he's like oh bag man sleepy my pop music's not powering me anymore mm-hmm. um and then there's like a whole ending sequence, which is like right out of Texas Chainsaw. And, yeah, I was and, just going to say a very Texas Chainsaw Massacre moment where it, it, she it, gets picked up on the road by this mom and her kid. And it has to be deliberate, right? Like it has to be like, we're just going to do Texas. Like there's no way that they made that ending and, and they're just, and they didn't, nobody said Texas Chainsaw. Like nobody said Texas Chainsaw. Oh, they probably did. They like, just didn't say it on Twitter. The difference would be that instead of, because when uh, Kinsey gets to the back of the truck, the bagman's still fucking alive. He's got one last hurrah on him, but uh, she. So instead of like doing a dance in the sun in the sunrise, <laughs> he um, gets hit in the head with like, a baseball bat very hard. Yeah. And when he is perhaps dead and lying on the pavement, it's a different angle, but it's basically just like the hitchhiker it like, is. laying on the road. Very very similar, and the sounds that Kinsey's making. In her shock and her terror yeah. and her relief are yeah. maybe not exactly similar mm-hmm. uh, from Texas Chainsaw Massacre because she no. is being driven away in a truck, though. Yeah. Like, the parallels are there and apparent. Sure. Anyone that has seen both movies knows right away. You can't have a shower scene and, and blood trailing down a drain without thinking of Psycho. Like, you just... it, it You do think of it. So... Mm. I I can't see that we're the only people that have caught up on this parallel, right? But, but I, I I guess so. I, I guess like well, there's a lot of things like visually could be homages to things, right? Because I mean they have that scene with the flaming car, which is very similar it, with the when the car um, 
start stalking Kinsey. Like, it's very much Christine. Yeah, very, um, very much. But anyways, uh, we're now in the hospital and we got one last scare in us. Because the brother lived, which you don't like. But I like the end of this because it is ambiguous enough in that if you believed that Bagman survived that, which he very well could have because he doesn't blink usually. So if you're sitting there looking at his face, much like the hitchhikers on the road, dead-ish, mm-hmm. and you're waiting for him to blink, and if that's your proof that he's alive, and he never fucking blinks anyway. So he could yeah. just be laying there being like, wow, that was a crazy night. So when Kinsey's beside her brother's body, which could or could not make it west <laughs> to help you there with this... Um, <laughs> Her brother's on a breathing apparatus. He's intubated and he's in a coma state of some sort because she's been sleeping fitfully at his bedside. Yeah. She gets up to get a drink of water and obviously still traumatized. Luckily not wearing a Ramones shirt. So maybe she's learned her lesson. Yeah. Put the devil music down. She hears some noise in the hallway and right away tenses up. So you're thinking, you know, is this someone come to get her? And then there's a knock and she drops her water cup, terrified, absolutely traumatized for the rest of her life. This much we know. So it could have been a nurse just coming in and being like, hey, I brought you some flowers someone dropped off. Uh, there's another ending to this film. Oh, what's that? That is far less ambiguous. Yeah. It's no. a nurse? No. Oh, it's not a nurse. It's definitely, it seems to definitely be the strangers or a nightmare. But we don't know because... She'll open the door and... It's a boy in a lake and he comes up and he grabs her? No, there's, um, I believe there's like a... A like, glove a, that like reaches a, up through the like dirt? Like there's the writing. There's like the get well writing. Ah. And then the lights in the hallway go dark, 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 going towards the the hospital room. Which makes it seem very nightmarish. But it, even if, if it was just like a happy face and get well written. Yeah. That would so be. I think like I think I'm remembering that right. Maybe I just like am inventing something in my delirium, but I'm pretty sure on the on the D V D extras there's deleted there's that deleted alternate ending or something like that, or extended ending or whatever. We also like had a, a, a I think we watched the uh the the unrated version which has a little bit more Gushing, and I can't remember what we did. But the point is, is that uh, me personally, the hospital scene is okay. It's fine. I would have lost it though. I've been like, chip that. You don't need that. Leave it at the car. You're yeah. Done. Okay. Um. Okay. But that again, that's just me making my edits and like changing things around. I so. would have left it at the car too. And like, I like the hospital scene. I like it too. And it exists. There's nothing I can do to change yeah. that. But it would be worth it to end it yeah because you don't i just feel like you don't need it and and like leave it ambiguous if the brother's surprised that's what i really want i just want like i was like don't show me that dumb brother i don't need to see him ever again no i like him i don't want anyone to think i don't like the brother i just feel as though he should have died i just feel like he should have died uh so and honestly i wanted him i want him to die so it's sadder that's that's if that's the truest answer i'll give it's just sad there's a lot of room in this world for more sadness (laughs) <laughs> what do we got next for him coming up next we have slither that'll be good get ourselves a fix of the classic james gunn creature feature which i have not seen since uh it came out on oh, okay. home video 
crazy. I, I watched it a couple years ago. I, I do enjoy it. The first time I watched it, I wasn't so taken with it. The second time, I, it grew on me a little bit. Uh, it's interesting. An interesting film, and it's kind of summary. And I will get a little more of a dose of pickup trucks in my life. You need more trucks in your life. There's always barns and stuff. It's closer to uh, hillbilly horror. Guess you could say you have a one truck mind. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> I'm Wes Snipe, and I'm Typical Lydia, and you've been listening to Dead Air. <laughs>